Welcome to Following God Through Exodus. My name is Caleb Copeland, and today we are reading Exodus chapter 31, verses 1 through 11. Let's jump right in. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God with ability and intellect, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, (laughs) of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability, that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, and the ark of the covenant, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furnishings of the tent, the table and its utensils, and the pure lampstand with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offerings with all its utensils, and the basin and its stand, and the finely worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron, the priest, and the garment of his sons for their service as priests, and the anointing oil and the fragrance incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. This is the word of God. Here we are again with the people of Israel doing their best to follow God. And again, God is doing what he loves best, putting his people in uncomfortable situations. What we just read was a description of what God wants his people to do. Make a tabernacle, weave fancy garments for his priests, and come up with artistic designs working with gold, silver, and bronze. All of these things, not to mention the Ark of the Covenant. I'm pretty sure that Israel was not feeling very confident about this task. For their entire lives up to this point, they have been enslaved by Egypt and doing what they do best, laying bricks and getting whipped. (laughs) Maybe that was a little too far, but I would make a great title for this episode of the podcast. I'm just saying. Anyway, all that to say that they need a new life, badly, but they weren't very skilled at anything other than building with bricks. So, when God asked them to make a solid gold candlestick, I imagine that it would have looked something like a stick of butter with a hole at one end for the candle to go in. Nothing to write home about. Fortunately, God knew this. The scripture says that God was the source of everything they needed to accomplish this great task. He was the one who gave them the talents and knowledge that they would need to use. And God also gave his people two leaders to head up the project, Bezalel and Aholiab. Now, these guys probably didn't have much in common with each other. Bezalel was from the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah, along with the tribe of Levi, were the golden tribes, so to speak. They were the most honorable of the tribes and played very important roles so far in the history of Israel. Aholiab, on the other hand, was from the tribe of Dan. The tribe of Dan did not quite meet up to the standards of Judah. It was considered less honorable. 
The fact that these two leaders came from such different backgrounds points to something that I believe God wants us to see. God was balancing the body of his people. We as humans have a terrible tendency to divide ourselves. We love to categorize everyone we know to fit inside an us-and-them mentality. God does not want that. By placing two people in charge from different tribes, different family histories, and probably very different views on how things should get done, God was preventing Israel from putting one tribe on a pedestal and looking down on the other tribe. God was giving honor to the part of the body that was lacking. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul uses a metaphor of a body to represent the church. He said, for a body to function properly, it needs to be complete. The eye can't say that it doesn't need the head, and the head can't say that it does not need the feet. Those are ridiculous statements, but in the church, this is all too common. I'll give you an example. We see our pastors. These are people who are great public speakers and have the miraculous skill of communicating God's word in a way that touches our hearts. Don't we often put these people on a platform above the rest of the church? Don't get me wrong. They are very important, but they are only the mouth and maybe a little bit of the brain. Okay, maybe sometimes a little bit more than a little bit, but still, doesn't the church need hands and feet? People who are willing to take what they learn from the pastors and show the love of Christ to their communities? Personally, I'm fine being the tongue. You can count on me to eat the free food during life together, and I feel like that's a pretty good calling. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that the body of Christ has to be complete. We can't discount any part of it. Notice how God did not make Moses in charge of building the tabernacle. He knew that Moses was the best man to govern Israel, but not necessarily the best man to build a tabernacle for Israel. The message that I felt God putting on my heart as I read this passage was this. Everything we do as Christians should be to edify the body of Christ more than elevate any one person or a group of people. All wisdom comes from God. All of our talents come from God. He gave them to us. Our spiritual gifts, God. By thinking that we are better than anyone else, we are either taking credit for what God gave us, or we aren't trying to benefit the body of Christ as a whole. We are closer to cursing God than pointing to him when we act like this. Let's look at the other side of the coin as well. Sometimes it can feel like God isn't present in our life. Maybe we see someone on Sunday who worships like God's on fire inside of them, and we wish that our lives could be like that every second of every day. But God doesn't always give us mountaintop high experiences. Most of the time in life, this isn't the case. Let's not forget that God already gave the most important mountaintop experience you could have hoped to receive. Salvation. Christ died for you. God loved you so much that he sacrificed his son to save your soul. We don't deserve that, and we don't deserve any other experience that God gives us. But because of his grace and mercy, we do experience these things. Just like God gave these two men, Bezalel and Aholiab, an amazing spiritual gift to lead and create amazing works of art for his tabernacle, God also led his people through very long periods of time 
where they questioned his existence. But he was always there. And he's still the same God today that he was for Moses and the people of Israel. This week, as we go about our lives, let's focus on how God has made each and every one of us unique. This week, as we go about our lives, let's focus on how God has made each and every one of us unique. God gave every person their own strength that they can offer, and because of this, we all have something that can edify the body of Christ.